All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another beautiful episode of Beyond the Bulletin. I'm Mike Gomer Gormley, and I'm joined, as always, by Steve Too Tall Lenahan. How you doing, Steven? You can never be too tall. You said that last time. That's true. That's true. Well, the funny thing was Kevin Mims, Kevin Mims popped in today, and he was like, where's Too Tall? And I was like, oh, man, that's uh, funny because you guys are the same height. Yeah, Too Tall was getting his back worked on. Yeah. Yeah. What? Chronic back pain? No. No, 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 no. Uh, Periodic. <laughs> periodic yeah so one of the things i mean i'm sure other people have this too but like for me as a tall person my like lower mm-hmm. back your lumbar yeah tends to get uh a little bit more back pain than like the rest of my back and it has especially started in my whoa 30s. there's your voice oh, coming in loud voice. and clear Sorry. <laughs> yeah so anyways so yeah so i just you know it was time to, yeah, to get an adjustment little adjustment little, little adjustment little crack yeah. big crack Big crack. I love that. Do you was, like that sound? Is that was, a crazy sound? It was sound? quite satisfying. Yeah. It nice. was amazing. The, in fact, the doctor was actually, <laughs> he did it and he was like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, you weren't kidding. Wow. I've I've never heard that before. Uh, <laughs> you should go to the emergency room. Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't like that. But uh, anyway, so I feel, I feel dandy. I feel great. Man, I haven't felt dandy in a long time. Why is that, Gomer? Well, you know, it's just life. Yeah? Yeah. You ever heard of Yankee Doodle Dandy? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what a dandy is? We would call him today a metrosexual. You ever heard of that phrase? Metrosexual. Are you really? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. A dandy was someone who dressed super fly over the top, uh, put a feather in his cap and called him Yankee Doodle Dandy. That phrase was meant to insult the original American colonists. True story. Really? Yeah. And one of the greatest evangelical leaders this is going in such a weird this is direction. such a weird legend an anti-slavery pioneer uh-huh. was himself a dandy <laughs> he would show up with powdered wigs and big frilly hats and he would preach sermons that like men would weep and then he would leave a uh, lead anti-slavery uh votes in local <laughs> local counties wildness i don't I, stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni i wasn't ready for this yeah this yeah. is this is why we should write out I this is literally why we going. need topics yeah so let's talk about a topic uh because i don't think people really want to just look at us oh man i don't know i uh, well some people listen anyways that's why but, yeah uh, but no i got a great topic for you you okay. ready for this yeah buckle up baby birds now right. we've talked about it before but tweet, i think tweet. this is really important for two nerds like us to talk about tweet tweet well one one nerd um which is the relationship between digital and sacramental church, right? Online church, digital oh, church. Oh, I was not ready for this, but I, I like it. Let's I go. Because um, Deacon Tom Vigner came to us saying like, hey, you know, our church has done so much stuff. And he sent an email to um, me and Stephen and just said, can you reflect upon and maybe write like a 600 word thing and we'll send it up to the companions. They're doing this newsletter. And so I have been thinking and thinking and thinking about it. So I woke up at around uh, 530 this morning. I began writing. No, let me rephrase that. For the third time, I rewrote my <laughs> my essay. Turns out I get a little wordy and had to trim it down. Um, no, but you? I came up I came up with three principles okay. of balancing digital with uh, sacramental church, and I want to throw them by you. Okay, okay. Let's shoot. <clears throat> uh, I had to pop my I had a chiropractic my fingers. Okay, uh-huh. so principle number one. Okay, okay. You can't digitize the sacraments, so don't try. Right. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, and, one, and and the reason for that is because the nature of the sacraments uh, are Christ 
you know, becoming present to us and Christ was incarnational. Christ didn't, yeah. didn't zoom in to give us the good news. He became <laughs> one of us in, in the flesh and blood. So Yeah, so we witnessed churches, Catholic churches, trying to do the sacramental thing in a digital way. So in Ireland, to me, this is the most repulsive thing. They had a bunch of kids sitting at home with blessed bread. Yeah. And there was a televised mass, and then they gave themselves their first Holy Communion. And yeah, they, we've, we've, we've had a few people that have requested similar things here. Or you have people that say, why can't I go to confession over the telephone? And the response is usually, well, you can't guarantee privacy. That's not why. That's not the main reason why. That's a good reason why. But it's non-sacramental. You're not with the person, right? right? And so we end up having this uh, misunderstanding about the relationship between digital and the sacramental. And, you know, if you look at Matthew's gospel, chapter one, uh, the first 18 or so verses are all the genealogy. It's the fleshiness of Jesus. Right. You go into it's Luke's the bloodline. gospel. Yeah, it's the bloodline. You go into Luke's gospel, you got the annunciation, right? Virgin, you will conceive and bear a son. It's pretty fleshy. In John's gospel, you have... Ugh. Yeah, I'm using the word fleshy on you purpose, did. right? I, I don't love it. Well, I'll tell you why. Because in John's gospel, the word became flesh and dwelt among us in, right. in his great chapter one preface. And the reason why that matters is the word incarnation, sometimes the Latin we get lost in, it's a Latin word, but it's like the fleshiness, right? Mm. The the act of becoming enfleshed. Right. And um, the church carries the incarnation forward through the sacraments, the taste, the touch, the smell, this we've seen, we proclaim to you, St. John says in First John. And so you start to hear this stuff. And I think the danger in a digital world, an online world, we're so much and there's a, There's a difference between we have seen and we have watched, I think, which mm -hmm. maybe that's hyper-nuanced and you don't think that there's a difference. <laughs> but there is. Like if I see something in person versus I watch it sipping a cup of coffee, sitting in my pajamas, it's a different experience. Yeah. And this conversation is different because we're in person versus you guys watching us at home. It's They are two different experiences. And the last thing I think any of us wants is to create a mass experience where the people are even more spectators. So for us, like we would have all of these conversations agonizing over how do we do live streaming mass correctly? And then how do we build up the domestic church in order to have people do liturgies at home? And we talked about that during the quarantine, right. Lena Angelis's. But some of the things, just a review, like some of the things that I would do was we would watch like Bishop Barron's daily mass because it was a really small chapel. And I would pause it and describe the different things on the altar, right? That's a chalice, it's a patent, you know, all these different things um, for my kids. And then other things that we would do is we stopped on Sundays, we stopped doing the live stream masses. And we would do the Liturgy of the Words. We would read it out loud, read the scripture readings, read the opening prayers, and pray them as a family. And we would end with the creed. Right. Uh, what, what did y'all do? Um, so, well, my kids are a little bit younger than yours. So it's been a, probably, I think it's been a little bit more challenging for us. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, though, what we would do is we would take the things that were being sent out from, uh, from Christine Marlowe's department uh, the little drawings, that sort of thing, and kind yep. of explain the gospel story through pictures to mm -hmm. the boys, let them color, that sort of thing. Um, and then we would actually go through the motions of sitting, standing, kneeling, even though we know we weren't participating. It was that kind of idea of... It's 4D. <laughs> yeah. As much as you can. I you mean, would light incense in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then as soon as, you know, and I think I said this on another podcast, but as soon as I heard my son tell my mother over FaceTime that we don't go to church anymore. Yeah, that's hard. I was like, uh, well, that's 
not yeah. going to be the case anymore. So, so Anne has been bringing uh, my oldest to mass every Sunday. They they usually go to the six p.m. right yep. now, so that I can be here working in the mornings. The other two are so young, I don't really know that it matters at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's and then of course we did like the things with Holy Week, right? Holy Week was very it was a lot easier, I think, to make it experiential. <laughs> uh, like yeah. I took AJ into the woods and we literally chopped down like a sago palm and put it on our front door for Palm Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we had all of our kids make paper, uh, what do you call it, construction paper palms and put them on. Yeah. Palm Sunday could not have been better for us to do the Liturgy of the Word and stop live streaming because that's when we first did it because it is such an interactive gospel where there's a crowd, a narrator, the voice of yeah. Jesus. And so we just broke that up with my older kids and they read the parts and it was it was pretty powerful. Yeah, my, my biggest concern, and, I, and this is coming as a person who... You know, I'm director of communications, you know, work with Jay on all this stuff. And I'm all about the online. I'm all about, you know, great websites, great live streaming and all that. But I'm genuinely concerned that people are not going to come back to church after this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the longer the longer this goes on, it's uh, we're, we're educating a whole generation of young people that church is not essential. And that's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. I mean, you know, the, the statistics you know, for Christianity and the Catholic church was already kind of diminishing in the Western world and it maybe not yeah. so much in the Southern hemisphere and in other places, but, uh, in America it was. And so this is just kind of, I feel like escalated it by 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and unintentionally so, but, so I, I don't know what to make of it. it I'm, I'm very concerned about it for, for yeah. our children's future. And, and so that's, that's the thing that I've been telling parishes. Like there, there is a thing that is, ear uh that is irreducible to an online mode and you have to realize that you have to embrace it as catholics there is an aspect so then you know using things like the holy hour of hope where we didn't just give a bunch of talks on the gospel um one that was good because it prepared people for that sunday's gospel which is why we did that but we also had like a downloadable pdf with the readings with uh, a catholic commentary with um christian artwork and all this stuff and the whole purpose was to give people to give people equipment to equip them to lead liturgy of the word at home or in their own prayer life or whatever to complement live stream. And so here's principle number 2 I think flows right from that. Digital or online or internet version whatever you want to say, online church, digital church is a good supplement but a terrible substitute. Yes. I think that is a real solid principle that everyone needs to internalize. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I'm hopeful that that Catholics will realize that as this kind of uh, changes, but I, I, I'm I'm more concerned about it for the young people than I am yep. the older generation. If you're older, you know what's right, what's wrong, that sort of thing. Hopefully, by this yeah, point, the in last life. six months won't, or last three months. I don't even know how many months it's been since <laughs> the cold thing started, but it's not going to persuade you after last you know 50 years of your right, practice, right? Know? For sure. But but for a you know a high school freshman or whatever it might be, I mean this this is going to have a lasting impact yeah. on them. So yeah, so yeah, the digital uh, is a is an excellent supplement, and what I mean by that is uh, Robert Putnam. He's a Harvard sociologist. Wrote a wonderful book called Bowling Alone. He said. If you have relationships that are exclusively online, they are mostly meaningless. But if mm. you have relationships that started in real space, in meat, fleshy space, Ugh. and then they go online, often that sustains. Yeah. That's a, it's just That's like right. letter writing. It's just like, you know, period, you know, annual vacations. It sustains it. But if it, if it entirely existed online, it's easier. And what he kind of meant was it's easier to step away from that person and just 
kick them out of your life. You know, yeah. just kind of fade away. My, my mom has said that, like, with this whole thing, because for yeah. her, you know, with my with my boys, you know, she's gotten used to FaceTiming as we live away from them. But, like, she would always have, like, every six weeks or every, you know, three months, whatever it is, she would make a trip down here to see them in person, or we would go up there. Yeah. And so, like, normally her trip would have happened in, like, April or May this year. Mm. And that hasn't happened because yeah. of the pandemic. And she's, I was like, Mom, at least we have FaceTime. And she's just like, yeah, but it's not the same. Like, you yeah. don't understand. Like, I need to see my grandchildren. I'm like, I get it. I get it. So uh, I think that applies to the sacraments as well. Yeah. Okay. So number three. Or, okay. Yeah. Number no, three. Two. Principal, yeah. That was, yeah. Was that two? Well, you could kind of say the digital supplement substitute. That was, like, a principle. But oh, okay. All my right, next right. major one okay. was... Um, Leverage technology to prioritize relationships. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We have a website. Websites are great. They exist online 24-7. Mm-hmm. Things like this will go onto the internet and will live there 24-7. Yep. People can go and find it yep. for good or ill, right? People can go and find this <laughs> stuff. Um, if you have a complaint, email Stephen. Nope. Uh, it's, Stop uh, doing that. No, I can't. Stop. It's so fun for me. No, um, don't. But this stuff is 24-7, and that's great. But you and I have to realize, like, there, there is a uh, an impulse, especially for us younger people, to put it all online, and in uh, church work. Not just young people. Yeah, well, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has an impulse to do that. Just some have worse design skills than others. <laughs> Go on. My idea is like when you start to think about strategically, what church stuff are we going to put online? Right. Um, there are some people who, like I was in the very beginning, I would write essays and put them online. And people would be like, you don't need to write an essay to let people know that you're offering a class at noon on Saturday. Right. And I'm like, but they need to know the content. Less is more. Yeah. But so what what the principle kind of unfurls is how do we strategically balance the stuff that we want out there and the stuff that people need to receive when they're inside? And my whole thing is, does it clear the way for better, deeper, more meaningful relationships? Bingo. And and so let me share with you our internal philosophy when we redid our website a few years ago. Okay. Um, go on. Go on. And and this is a discussion I hear with a lot of communications uh, and, you know, marketing people, if you want to call it that, within the church world, Catholic and Protestant, is that your website is the front door of your church. Yeah. It is not the fullness of your church. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so that's kind of how we approach the redesign of it, right? And and it kind of upset some people at first when we had our old website that we had for about ten years, because people were like, "Well, what do you mean I'm not going to be able to store, you know, my group's Facebook album of our bowling night on the parish website?" Yeah. It's like because that's not the purpose of the website. That's not that's not what it's here for. It's here to guide, lead, and direct people into those deeper relationships so that they know where to find you so they can come to the bowling night in person. They're, that no one no one wants to go and look at your bowling night pictures on our website. Why does that need to be stored there? Um, and so that was kind of our approach. <laughs> I mean, you have to, right? No, and I remember this exact situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was it was hard for some people to understand that yeah. concept. It's like, if you want to do that, go share it on your personal Facebook page because we want to attract more people that they're new to the community, yeah. they're new to the faith, so that your ministry can grow so that they can find you so that your bowling night can take over the whole bowling alley or whatever it is. But the way you do that is not by posting pictures of the bowling alley on our website. Right. You know, right. It's meant to be a tool of uh, pre evangelization um, to be the front doorstep. So the church, it's kind of like, you know, it's the idea of uh, greeters or Padawan ambassadors right at the front doors of the church. They're, they're literally welcoming you, uh, you know, out in the piazza, in the parking lot, whatever it might be. And they're saying, welcome to our church. We're so glad you're here. They're not giving you a dissertation on 
the Eucharist or whatever it might be. Funny story. I was at a Greek Orthodox church for a Greek festival, uh-huh. and they queued us up in a line to take a tour of Those them. are really fun, by the and way. And this was the one in Atlanta. And oh, the, that's the one. I, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that one's huge. huge. Yeah, huge. very big. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're in a line, and there's a guy who's clearly a parishioner who was told, hey, Johnny, watch the line. And so he's like, okay, I'll be in charge of the line. But he proceeds to give everyone dissertations on why the Orthodox Church is better than the Catholic Church. Nice. And he goes off, and he's like, look at these. And he's, like, going through all this stuff. And afterwards, I walk in, and I (laughs) go up to the priest in charge, and I say, excuse me, but the gentleman you have in the line, he's yelling and shouting at everyone about orthodoxy. And he goes, is he really? And I go, and he's misrepresenting I literally said this. I go, and he's misrepresenting conciliar Christology, and you need to put an end to his heresies. And he's like, what? And I was like, it's bad. <laughs> so the guy that's really there. fun. I, I've been to Greek Fest in Atlanta. Uh, it's all, it it's, was, it's if delicious. you're ever in Atlanta when that's going on and there's not a pandemic, it's a great it's, festival. It's 110 degrees. Yeah. Best Actually, our, our wedding coordinator, uh, a good friend of mine that I grew up with, she married a guy who's Greek, and she got married at that church. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, it was so, beautiful. yeah, but the, the food, the everything. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. But, okay, so uh, the way I phrase it is leverage the technological to make room for the pastoral. Yes. So here's a, here's a for instance, when I first started, there was, uh, in RCIA, there's this interview sheet. You have to interview every single candidate who wants to become Catholic. you got to find out name, birthday, you know, get all that information. But you also have to find out, did they have previous marriages? Because maybe you have to do an annulment. Maybe not. Maybe blah, blah, blah. And you talk about all these things. And so it's a pretty lengthy uh, interview thing that would take, so I would book an interview with someone and 45 minutes of it are bound up with going through this piece of paper. And so when I would get to the marriages, and yeah, let's say someone had a horrible mar- first marriage. They got divorced. They met a Catholic who wasn't maybe super practicing their faith, but now they are. And they both want to get married in the church. They got to go through an annulment. It's all this stuff. I'm now pushing two hours of meeting with this couple or this individual because we spent 45 minutes name birthday, address, children, are the children baptized? So what we did was we took all of that, we put that online. Very simple Google form online, and then now with the new website, it's rolled into the website. So when people register and they want more information, we have all that information. It's printed out. Uh, Mary hands it to me, and I sit across the desk from the people. I've already read it once, and so I know to go, okay, great, we got all this information, Uh, so let's talk about marriage. And then we have two hours to go through this if we need it. Now, oftentimes, we don't need that. But it gives us freedom to be pastoral. It gives us freedom to start having these lengthy conversations. But what I don't want is, and I'd never want a parish to do this, to have the online form and thus not do the meeting. Right. See, the, the leveraging the technological is to make room for the pastoral, not to not have the pastoral. Correct. And I tell you, I did that in the beginning. I put that online form, and I was like, I read through it. You know, last paragraph, why do you want to be Catholic? Free-form writing. They would write it. Great, we're going to put them in RCIA. We'll see you. And then, and, and then I'd show up to a class of people who I do, I've never seen their faces. I don't know their stories. I don't yeah. know anything about them. And I was like, oh, I really ruined this one, didn't I? <laughs> I really did. <laughs> well, and that's even been like our approach with like the video uh, that's on the homepage of our website, right? Um, That's kind of like our parish welcome video. It's called a refuge for all. If you go to our homepage at ap.church and it tells a story of three couples or families uh, 
in our parish, instead of just like highlighting our 100 ministries or whatever you like, that stuff really doesn't matter. If I'm new to a parish, I don't care that you have 100 ministries. I care that you care about me and that I can have an encounter with Christ here. And that's kind of what that video is supposed to highlight that it's not necessarily about seems all like that awesome 100 ministries. ministry thing is very personal to you was that like a slogan or a marketing thing that other people were doing or something oh like, i've heard it so many times in okay. our parish yeah that oh we have 100 ministries and it's like cool but are people being converted to christ and that's mm. the ultimate thing are people having a relationship with jesus christ is the main thing and I'm not saying that it's bad that we we acknowledge that because yeah. we have to, right? From a logistical standpoint, like you have to have rooms. You have to explain to people why there's not room for their meeting because of another meeting that's taking place or we don't have room for a wedding or whatever it might be. Yeah. So it is an important fact, but it shouldn't be our invitation into our parish. It shouldn't be our invitation. One of the things that I love is we have all the information. I just think of a, a, a man popping the question to a woman. She says, yes, I want to marry you. They go out to a, a bar or a restaurant, and guess what? The family's there. It's a big surprise. They're all having fun. It's wonderful. And then someone says, hey, when's the big day? And now the bride starts the wheels of, like, a little bit of anxiety. All right, I got to get the I gotta get the church booked. I got to get the venue booked. I got to get the photographer booked, the florist booked. I would love for that bride to celebrate the heck out of that night, go home, log on to ap.church, the website of champions, and get on there and see. Thank you. And be able, yeah, and do an hour of reading under weddings or marriage or whatever, and know, like, even have in mind, like, oh, this is what my budget's going to look like for my big day. This is what the flower policy is and all this stuff. What you're doing is you're removing from your emails, your inboxes, your voicemail, you're removing from that all the obstacles and the back and forth that someone might have for stuff that's not important so that when she comes in or when the couple comes in or the mother-in-law, whoever's paying for it, comes in right. and sits down with you or with the pastor or with the deacon walking them through marriage prep, they already have an idea of what's going to happen. And so now you've created that room. You've yep. created that room for them. Not to, And you're, not, you're yeah, also not wasting their time. You're not, And no one's wasting anyone's time. It's awesome. Okay, third principle, third-ish, fourth-ish principle. You ready? Okay. I think okay. we're on four now. We're on, on four. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Do it. This is a quote from Jeff Jarvis, a technology uh, author, journalist guy. Do what you do best, then link to the rest. So, oh man, that is that is huge. Yeah. So, do what you do best and link to the rest. Two pronged approach. Number one, do what you do best. Is it really your best, or is it mediocre? Is it something that you're just throwing out there? Do what you do best. Actually, try to make it like what your parish or your group or your ministry is good at. If you're going to put it out there, make it the best thing that you're good at. And so, and make sure that the quality is good. It's not just mediocre. It's not just, you're not just, because this is what I used to do for Facebook when I ran our parish's Facebook page. Oh. I would go, it was so bad. I as, I, go, as I call it, the dark ages. The dark ages. And I'll freely admit <laughs> that when you subtly, when I gave you access to the to the Facebook page, and then you immediately kicked me out of the Facebook you're page. You're welcome. Which I am very happy about. Yeah, it was subtle. Um, it was, it was so, the next day I couldn't log on, <laughs> but all I, used somebody to do, had to rein you in. It true. was a problem. It's true. It's true. I used to just take the bulletin and copy and paste individual things in it. <gasps> yeah. I had no strategy. There were no tactics. There was no yeah. thought. It I was, I know when I got here, things. a part of me died yeah. on the inside and I'm happy to have killed it. Uh, <laughs> it was your sin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. My no, but, but the idea is do what you do best, then link to the rest. And link to the rest is very important, too, because it's not 
not every parish or ministry or mission has to do everything. Yeah. But to those who are doing things, especially that align with what you're doing, link to them. You want your people experiencing the broadest Catholic kingdom-centered appeal. The universality of the church. You do. Like if Bishop Barron releases an amazing video that's on point about the Eucharist or it's on point about um, you know the Bible or some issue, you want people to go. And then maybe maybe other people, by sharing it, hits even more critical issues that they didn't realize. Oh, that, that thing on Flannery O'Connor was so powerful. Yeah, caveat, though, on that, there are some things you shouldn't link to. Uh, because there's also like, so for example, uh, we had the email that went out about, um, from father Tom about St. Anthony's feast day. Yeah. And so he wanted to include like links to like St. Anthony's prayer, things like that, which is fine. No, no problem to that. I was like, there's no real reason to recreate that. That's a kind of yeah. a time waste because there's so much information out there on the internet. However, Yikes. some of it is better than others. Yeah. And, um, so I went, I think. I think the link that I sent it to was like through a Franciscan ordered website mm -hmm. that had a really good website. Yeah. Because there was other Franciscan orders that had really terrible websites. Yikes. They took about poverty. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so just be aware. realize that applied to their <laughs> web design firm. Yeah. I mean, and the, the other yeah. thing with parish websites and, and just in general using technology is user interface is so important. And I, I like, feel like people are tired of hearing me say that around here on staff because there's, there's well, you know, oh, well, I'm so uh, there's, there's some things that like people will send me and say, Hey, can you put this out there? And like me and my team are like, no, we're not going to put that out there because it graphically looks awful. Not that the message is wrong. Not that the content is wrong. Not that the, I, let, let's pause for that. Yeah. There are the, all of our communications people mm -hmm. are very, opinionated yeah. about what they think should be broadcast by our church absolutely so we are the guardians <laughs> we are the guardians we've been entrusted with that part of the kingdom and we are going because here's why here's why no i love it i love it our our if we're going to evangelize and try and reach christ it deserves our utmost best effort would you say our utmost for his highest yes that's the title of a book go on and we <laughs> and and here's the thing though we have the time and ability to do it. Not every parish does, and yeah. we, we, we recognize that. But Not we every have, parish has a creative technician. No, 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 and that's okay. We're, we're blessed with that, so we need, yeah. we need to uphold ourselves to that standard um, yeah. because otherwise it would be a waste of the gifts that God had given us. And so, I love when Mary overhauled. Mary is so funny because when she took over the bulletin, you know, she worked part-time for me, part-time for you. Yeah. She took over the bulletin. She began doing this work, and the funniest thing was she fell in love with design because Mary is very opinionated. She fell in love with design, and she fell in love with the one thing that I see lacking in bulletins everywhere, which is the cultivation of white space. Mm. White space matters in how you it lay satisfies things Satisfies the out. soul. I used, to, I used to be at a church where the whole bulletin, every page, there was a wall of words from side to side. Oh. And I was like, no, 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 you can't do this. So the, the, the beautiful layout of our bulletin was immediately copied by multiple parishes to the point where Including it was our one colors. five miles down the road. <laughs> yeah, it was our colors, our branding. And it's awesome because yeah. some parishes don't have that. Yeah. And so our our hope is not like it's not like Mary was like, no. it's like, there you go. And Imitation so, is the highest form of flattery. Yes. And we we saw that with, you know, we've seen that with other things too. And and that's I fine. see it with how I dress in imitation of Jay. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh <laughs> But yeah, Jay so disagrees. so but so so user interface. So I said user interface, then we started talking design, which are yeah. actually not the same thing completely. No, but user interface is also the functionality of the design. How easy is it for the people using it? And I like
like to think that ours is pretty usable, pretty friendly. Um, you know, every once in a while you have a glitch. It's technology you can't completely. And do it's that. within the confines of the WordPress template that you have. Sure, but like, like when that. we when we've evaluated some of the technologies that we use through our website and stuff in the past few years, the first thing I look at is not the back end, but is the user interface, which yeah. is kind of frustrating sometimes to our staff members, which I understand. But at the end of the day, the thing that we've and I, I hope they've heard is that like. I would rather us have to do a little bit more work on the back end if the front end is so flawless for the parishioner. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's this tendency in churches to find something that works for your back end bookkeeper or whatever makes it easy on their life. And that's like, I'm not about that. Like that person needs to figure out how to up their game and make it work for them on the back end. So as long as the user interface is easy for the parishioner. Yeah. And so that's so important. So U- UI is like a joke. If you have to explain it, it's no good. <laughs> my favorite, if I ever got into IT-ish, Sorry, that wasn't socially distant, my bad. Yeah, that one. It's too close. Uh, if I ever had to do that stuff, I discovered this, the stuff that I would long to do is called content management. You ever heard of that phrase, mm-hmm. content management? Um, or excuse me, content strategy. Content strategy is... Where do things belong? Why do they belong there? Why did you name it that? Why did you put it there? Who's responsible for maintaining, gutting, or deleting it? What's your budget around specific parts of the website? Yeah. And uh, I I bought a book called Content Strategy from this um, woman who manages, you know, like Shell.com. And she didn't run their website, but she audits it. And she produces these multi-thousand page Excel spreadsheets going through all, or multi-hundred page, going through the thousands of pages of these massive websites and says, okay, who's responsible for this page? Who's this? Who's this? Yeah. Why doesn't any of this make sense? And then when you start to see it from that perspective, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, a parishioner or a, a, a non-parishioner who wants to become Catholic would recognize a phrase called want to become Catholic or want to join our church, but probably wouldn't recognize RCIA here. You know? Right, <laughs> like right, that. right. And most churches have an RCIA here. Yeah. You know, you got to come up with ways that draw in who your audience is. But most of the time, like I used to do. And our I audience is me. not someone necessarily who's been here since the beginning. They're going to find it. Yeah. If you've been or, here or, since or the Oak Ridge days yeah. or a staff member, you're going to find it. Because if you don't find it, you know who to email and yell at and, and, and then you'll find it. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's it. I mean, Stephen it's about Lenahan, it's about the person that is unchurched, that has never been here before, that's new to the woodlands, that's just coming back to the church for the first yeah. time. The family that is a devout Catholic family that's moving to the woodlands, and they're, you know, yeah. where do I live? Where, where it's it's a very delicate balance to not get caught up yeah. in what we call church speak. Yeah. It it's, is hard. It is hard it because is hard. certain people will recognize it, but those are the insiders. Yeah. And then you have to say, how much of an outsider do I need to phrase this language? So yeah. I just find these tools. Those were my, my big principles, right? So we, you can't digitize that which is sacramental. Um, oh, man, what was the fancy 1.52 uh, thing that I said? Uh, uh, digital or online or internet version, whatever you want to say. Online church. Digital church is a good supplement but a terrible substitute yes um and then the uh the um leverage the technological for the sake of the pastoral and do what you do best and link to the rest so those are those are i think good guiding principles to help if you have a ministry if you're one of our saint anthony's members who's running a ministry and you've been thinking should i build our ministry a website or even a facebook page or you know, whatever it might be, the question is like, start thinking through these things. How can I, what's a strategy? And never use more than two fonts in an advertisement. Sorry. Yeah. Pet peeve. Yeah. Never more than two. 
And so the idea <laughs> is you got to come up with a strategy. It's not just about blast, blast, blast. Yeah. You got to think these things through because the digital matters because it is the front door of your church. It's available 24-7. And you're also competing with everything else that people have going on in their lives. And the beautiful thing is, and every one of those things is competing with you. So YouTube is a competitor with St. Anthony, right? Uh, the New York Times or the Washington Post yeah. and the Houston Chronicle, even yeah. though they're all newspapers, we're all competing for, and this is going to sound horrible, but we're all competing for eyeballs. No, I mean, we for are. For attention. We're 100% right? competing. But the internet makes that like, it's just a couple words we, away. We just have what we're, if you come to us, we just have eternal life. But that's no big deal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. I don't know. YouTube does have Linus Tech Tips. Lioness Tech Tips. That's what I watch for hours on end. You are such a nerd. I am broken on so many levels. <laughs> I am broken on so many levels. All right. Hey, let's wrap this up. Let's be done. I don't know how beneficial this was to our ah. parishioners, but this is all I've been thinking about for 24 hours. Email us some topics, please. <laughs> yeah. No, we would love to hear from you. So email yeah. us at slenahan at ap.church. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. Only if it's a topic. If you have a complaint, send it to mgormley at ap.church. And I will forward it to Stephen. God bless y'all. Have a good day. <laughs>